Empower Radio presents Art as Worship with Vanessa Lowry. Welcome to Art as Worship. Each week we feature stories of artists and explore their process of creation. I'm your host, Vanessa Lowry, and I'm thankful that you're joining me. On this show, I talk with artists of various faiths, working in a wide range of mediums, on the common theme of how they use inspiration and creativity as an expression of their spirituality. Learn how their art is an expression of their own connection to however they name God, Jehovah, Allah, Source, the universe, the great mystery, or something else. My hope is that these stories will inspire your creative efforts and your own spiritual expression. My guest today is actress, singer, and voiceover artist Maria Howe. She's best known as the choir soloist from the movie The Color Purple. As an actress, she has appeared in many hit TV shows, a few of which include Army Wives, Vampire Diaries, and Tyler Perry's Daddy's Little Girls. She was in the acclaimed theatrical release The Blind Side, starring Sandra Bullock. She's worked alongside actors including Mario Van Peoples, Queen Latifah, Cameron Diaz, and Cuba Gooding Jr. can't even say his name. Maria recently joined the regular cast of the hit TV series Revolution on NBC. 2013 theatrical releases will include Addicted and The Hunger Games Catching Fire as the character of Cedar. Maria also joined the cast of Devious Maids as attorney Ida Hayes. Throughout her career, Maria has shared the musical stage with legendary artists like Nancy Wilson, George Benson, Ray Charles, and Earl Klug. She has released several CD recordings with the most recent release titled Reflections, a retrospective collection. Maria, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me, Vanessa. So you have all kinds of different things that you're interested in. At what point in your life did you start thinking of yourself as an artist? That's interesting. Um, I, I knew what I was going to be at six years old. Now, thinking of myself an, as an artist, I probably took a lot longer because my definition of what an artist should be, you know, sometimes we say, oh, I'm not successful until I reach this amount of money in the bank. Right. Well, no, I, I've been an artist all along, but I think I accepted it when I was in, wow. <laughs> That's an interesting question, about maybe 20 years ago. So when like you that. were six, was your vision to be a singer or was your vision to be an actress or both? Actually both. And I was just having this conversation this morning um, and, and yesterday that I knew it. It's, it. it's something that came to me, not something I said, oh, I saw somebody on TV and it's like I want to be what they are. No, it just came to me. I had a conversation in the mirror looking in my own eyes at the age of six. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. <laughs> and so did you, was it kind of a nonstop journey from you from, for that point? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And there have been other things along the way because as reality sets in and you know you have to make a living, um, you know you get jobs here and there and I have a degree in something totally unrelated. But, yes, I always knew and it's what I've always done. It's been seamless. It's been the one seamless thing in my life, singing and acting. So how did you, I, I know that you've been in some very successful TV shows and you've been in some very successful movies. What was that journey like for you? Did it take a while to start getting those kind of jobs? It's still taking a while. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on a serious note, yeah, it did take a while. I, I kind of considered myself for a while as a late bloomer. And I, maybe I shouldn't use that terminology, but it, it in comparison to how some people are child actors and successful in that right, I mine came a little later. And, and in retrospect and even in the present, I'm very thankful for that because I remember I used to always say, God, please uh, help me learn the lessons I need to know to help me sustain should that fame come. Well, it's, it's so matter-of-factly now and so calm and, and practical, it doesn't even phase me you know, what, what people get excited about. I'm excited to be doing what I love. 
but I don't get excited if it's a big movie or a small movie or a big TV show. You know what I mean? In, in, in comparison, uh, I'm just excited to be doing what I love. Well, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. So, Maria, how does your spirituality find expression in your art of either acting or singing? I, I feel like with spiritual, I'm, I consider myself a very spiritual person. Uh, I give of myself through singing. Um, it's a little bit more tangible. The fact that I open myself up, I'm telling stories, I'm touching people, literally and figuratively. So I, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a, <laughs> a missionary. Wanted to travel the world and help, help people, period. I found that you don't always have to have that platform to do that. So singing is a healing process, in my opinion. And I'm able to do that every time I perform because that's what's in my heart to do. With acting, I, I feel like I can inspire people by letting them see this African-American face doing something that they may have imagined doing and that they can do it too. So I feel like any time that I do what I do and if I do it out of the right mindset, out of the right heart, then hopefully somebody will be inspired. Well, and I would think that the the energy of the two different types of craft is very different. I would m- my thought is that when you're singing that you've got the energy of the people right in front of you. Absolutely. If if it's a live performance and if it's acting because so much of what you do is film and TV, well, yeah, you're because, just to the camera. Yeah, because there's an instant gratification with singing and you can immediately look in someone's face and see that approval or disapproval. Unfortunately, I've been approved quite more than I have been disapproved. But, uh, you know, with acting, yeah, you don't know. Let's say, for example, you're doing a a scene and it's supposed to be humorous. You really don't know until it hits TV, you know, how people are going to react to it. So, yeah, that that, that instant gratification is is really neat. I, I enjoy that. And I love people. I love actually when I'm performing and people are right there in my face. I love that. So do you have a, a percentage of one or the other that you that would be your preference if you could do if you could set the tone of what you wanted to do I've been asked that more recently than any other time in my life I don't know why maybe it's well, because maybe it's because people are seeing me more on t- on screen on TV and film um singing was always the natural singing was always what came first in the sense of what I started first I've always wanted to do both, and I figure they're, in, they're, inter- they're related simply because when you're on stage singing, you're telling a story through song. You're acting it out. When you're acting, of course, you're still telling a story, but people have been asking me that question, and I have to ponder on that because I, no. <laughs> I can't really say because there's so many uh, pros to both of them. Mm-hmm. And again, like I say, I love what I do. And I like the variety and diversity of it. So I really, it's hard for me. It's harder now for me to answer that question than it was five years ago. Really? Uh-huh. I used to always say, I'm a singer first. I'm a singer. I'm a singer. I'm a singer. But I'm an actor, too. I'm an artist. I'm, I'm a lot of different things. I'm a coach. I, I'm a lot of things. I am, I'm, to me, I'm this vessel of, of creativity that if, if, you know, I was thinking on the way here as well, information, when people pay me to coach them, they're not paying for my information. They're paying for my time because I have to spend time and, and categorize and, and manage that. But the information is not mine to own. I want to pass it on, you know? Right. So I don't really know. I don't really know that anymore. <laughs> so do you, have, do you have a story of how your art has expanded your awareness of God? Oh, yes. makes me know there is a God more than I – I mean, I, I, I've – honestly, since I was a kid, I've always felt there was a God. I used to write letters to God. 
Um, I don't talk about this much to a lot of people because I, I discern a lot and, and pick and choose who I have these conversations with because everybody's not always, you know, open right. to talking about this. But I used to write letters to God and I'd fold them up and I'd hide them in the closet, you know. Come back maybe a year or two later and open them up and read them and see where I was. Some people call it journaling, but right. to me it was writing letters to God. I'd have conversations in the mirror, looking in my own eyes, looking into my own spirit and soul, and, and have conversations. And, and at this point in life, I don't necessarily need the mirror anymore because I have this always never-ending conversation. But it, it's... It's a beautiful thing to know and be aware of God and, and know that in your art, it is connected. And I've always felt that way. I've never, you know, I, I, even when I first sang on a church choir, I don't want to get off the point too much, but even when I was singing in a church choir as a teenager, and the first time I ever saw someone shout and cry with me singing, I knew there was a God, you know. And I said, there's something to this thing. And as I grew older, I realized that there is a deep connection. I, I, I believe art is spiritual, whether it's visual art, whether it's dance, whether it's, you know, singing, playing an instrument or whatever. I do the, believe there's a connection. So do you have um, a way that you connect to your divine flow or to your creativity when you're getting ready to um, do your art, whether it's singing or whether it's performing? Mm -hmm. I do. I, um, I don't necessarily go through... It, it, I don't go through this long prayer service with myself, but I do this thing of God, take me through it. You know, God, help me be with me. I, I remember a time, too, <laughs> every time I finished singing a song, I said amen at the end of it earlier in my career. I just thought that was so interesting. And I, I looked back and I'm going, wow, I, 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 it's always been with me. I never uh -huh. really, I, I didn't take it for granted, but it was just a part of me. Um, I don't necessarily do it now. It's in me, but my mouth doesn't move that way. <laughs> it's a, I don't want people coming and say, what are you saying? What are you saying? I just kind of, you know, I have my own way of dealing with it. Yeah, definitely. That's beautiful. When, when, I, when I do, because I do my music in different combinations. And uh, whenever I would have a whole group, I, we'd pray before, or we'd hold hands and say something uh, before we go out on stage. Um, and not to copy anybody. It's just what I was feeling necessary to do. When I get ready to act, I still say, God, please be with me. Don't let me forget my life. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just, because I'm always accepting and, and, and inviting that part of me to be there. You know, I want that. That's who I am. Well, and, and I know that a lot of artists have lots of different ideas mm -hmm. that they always are pursuing. And I think particularly for you, because you have so many people coming to you to ask you to be a part of their project. How do you decide, um, how do your ideas come to you, whether they're from other people or on your own, and how do you decide which ideas you're going to pursue and, and go after? Well, I, I pretty much use this gauge of, is, if, is it going with my fabric? Does it, it, I've got to a point in my life where I, I said to myself, if it doesn't feel right, you don't necessarily need to know the answer. Just go with it doesn't feel right. As simple as that. I, I kind of keep things simple. If it doesn't feel good, I don't do it. That's it. I think that's a great criteria. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think I think all of us should really pay attention yeah, to that more. It's, it's not complicated. We make life complicated, you know. And then sometimes, you know, I say, you know, well, maybe you're kind of in your own head, Maria. Maybe you just need to open up a little bit more. And and in those cases, I have a couple of people I have assigned in my life to be my gauges. 
Uh-huh. And I maybe consult with them. Okay. There are about three or four people in my life that I've known for a very, very long, a very long period of time that I say, okay, let, let's talk about this. Tell me. Talk to me. That's it. And basically they're just reflecting back what I already know. So, yeah. I already know the answers in most cases. <laughs> you know? <laughs> But I think it's nice for all of us to have, you know, kind of a support team that we can mm-hmm. go to if we feel like we need an additional pair of eyes or an mm-hmm. additional set of ears. To, because we're to human. Listen. We're right. human. And, and I don't take on all this responsibility of saying I know everything. <laughs> Make some bad decisions like that a couple times. <laughs> so can you um, can you tell us a couple of the favorite projects that you've worked on? Okay. Th- that's interesting. Just yesterday... Um, a young teenager, and I love working with kids um, because I just always remember how it felt when I was that age and I wanted somebody to be in my shoes doing the things for me uh, and, and giving me advice and suggesting things. And, and this young lady asked me, she said, the same thing you're asking me just yesterday. And again, at this point in my life, fortunately I've had enough where it's harder to choose, but I have to always go back to The Color Purple, the movie. I have to say the movie now. Right. <laughs> there was a time where you could say color purple and it was only one entity. But now since the musical um, has, has been come, has come to life, you have to identify. But the color purple, for sure, was the most favorite because it started it all. And that's what helped set this tone of like, I'll never stop doing this. So, um, so how many days were you on set for the color purple? I think a total of a rehearsal like one and the actual shooting another week. So it was a couple of weeks. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Just that short scene was a couple of weeks long. <laughs> movie making. <laughs> well, that movie has such a longevity. Mm-hmm. And I, I know, you know, a, a year or so ago, Oprah did a reunion mm-hmm. show with some of the main cast from The Color Purple. And it's mm-hmm. amazing to just see how poignant and how current the movie continues to be, even though Absolutely. it was filmed 27 years ago. 27 years ago. I've been counting. I didn't realize Um, it was quite that many. (laughs) 27 years ago. And it's interesting because I was, it just came on again um, this past Saturday and I was looking at it and I said to myself, oh my God, I still cry. I don't look at it very often because personally I don't sit and dwell on everything I've done. I'm always moving, moving, moving. And um, something said, just sit and watch that movie today. And as I looked at it, I'm going, it's really special and and magnificent that a piece of work can have such a timeless effect on somebody. It it still gets you right in the gut and it's just so pure. Yeah. You know, that that movie has actually been used as um, you know, study in schools. The book itself oh, really? mm-hmm. and the film, you know, just so so film students can study right. different things about it because the as I've grown older and um um, and, and been in more projects and seen different things that directors do and, and you know, editors. I go back to that when I say, oh, my God, they, they were kind of ahead of their time. They, they have some stuff in that movie, some symbolisms and, and, and different techniques that they use that I'm like, wow, okay. I didn't realize it. But now that I know more, I, I have it to compare. So next time I watch that movie, what should I look for? Just the way the silhouettes Okay. I love one of my favorite parts is when young when the young Seely when she grows into well Oprah Winfrey not Oprah Winfrey um um Whoopi Goldberg, Whoopi Goldberg. Uh-huh. when she's rocking in the chair and reading just the way that's so smooth the transition of her sitting in that chair reading and then all of a sudden you see her getting up out of the chair and it's Whoopi Goldberg that the shadowing uh-huh. that silhouette is really really neat I'll be sure and look at mm-hmm. that next time yeah that's yeah. interesting mm-hmm. so um 
if I, I know that you've mentioned a couple times that you teach mm-hmm. other people. Mm-hmm. So when you're teaching someone, um, do you can you share a couple of key things with us of what you say to them about tapping into their own creative process? First thing I ask them is, why do you want to do this? Because that tells me a lot of what the motivation is and how to approach it. Um, if, if it's a young kid I, um, and the parent is around, <laughs> I, asked, um, the kid, I ask the child, are they having fun? What, what do you want to do with this? And it, it lets me know whether there's a stage mom involved mm-hmm. or whether that, that child is really the one that, that is motivated, self-motivated. And that, I, I always encourage children to have a childhood. You know, that's very, very important to me. Um, after that, I, I find out where their, their skill set is because that, that helps. Everybody's individualized because you can't teach the same thing. You, some things are basic. Some things are general. But you can't expect the same out of every person. And I like to approach it according to what that person can do and, and take it from there. Yeah. So what kind of things do you have on the horizon for you that you – that that – keep you fresh and keep you moving in a new direction? Uh, several things. I've been gardening recently. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to grow a salad. So, um, no, seriously. I and, mean, you travel, I, and you travel so much that I would think it, gardening would be a tricky well, thing. Well, you know, you think about that the day after you plant the things, you know. <laughs> I planted all this stuff and I'm going, oh, wait a minute, I could be leaving town. But you don't think about that right away. But on a serious note, though, um, I, I have a production company that we started a couple of years ago called On the Grind Films, which I'm very excited about. We've done a doc, we're, we're creating a docu series, and so we've done one, the first episode. We're working on the second one, and we have a, a, a plan to do the third one, presenting this to the network TV. Really excited about that. Very motivational things, inspirational stories. Um, addition, in addition to that. Um, I, I impart, I'm on the board of directors of Students Without Mothers, which, which is a charity, a, a nonprofit charity, which I'm very, I've been involved with them for about three years. Love that charity. I was in college on a scholarship, so I can relate to that, mm-hmm. that, that whole experience. I still have my mother, so that I cannot relate to, but except the fact that I enjoy picking up the phone knowing I can call my mom at any time, and she's still there. Um, so very hands-on, very in touch with the students. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about those two things especially. In, in addition to my gardening, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I those are two main things, and we're working on a screenplay with the production company, so I'm oh, excited. Oh, that's exciting! About that. And and I, the thing is, I I don't like to get involved with too many things that are, if anything, that's that's on another side of life that makes me feel like I I'm I'm going to be afraid to look at it later. You know, I remember my first gauge when I started performing was. Don't do anything that your grandmother can't sit in the audience and watch. <laughs> yeah, you know, and early on, is, that, that really hit me hard, you know, because my grandmother was a very major figure in my life, you know. I remember I was on a film shoot um, in New Orleans uh, one day, and my family, they know not to call me and give me bad news on the phone when I'm working. They wait until I, I'm, I'm done. And I got a text from someone that didn't know that I didn't know my grandmother had passed away. Oh. And I, they had just said, Maria Howell rapped. Ah, you know, giving the applause and everything. And next thing you know, I get this text. I checked my phone and they said, I'm sorry to hear about your grandmother. I had no idea what it was about. And, you know, that was a great loss for me. And, and so I, I just give all the, all the respect to her, you know, that, that she really put that seed in me to say, you know what, just have your standards. 
have some serious standards. Yeah. Not perfect, but just have some high standards. So do you find that um, that you watch most of the things that you create? I do. I do. To make sure I don't make a mistake again if I made a mistake. <laughs> you know, because I'm very... Um, um, I'm very critical, as as most of us artists are. I think there's something connected with us artists that we are. Mm, I don't I, I don't know the exact uh, description of what I'm trying to say, except to say there's something that we're looking for, and and we express it creatively, and it's almost like a need. I'm I'm not necessarily saying I need an audience or attention, but there's an expression mm-hmm. that I love about what I do. And I think the audience comes with the territory. And I really like to treat my audience and my fans with respect because I know what it feels like to be on that other side. So I'm always approaching it, approaching it that way. But I, mm, I, I, I simply want to do good work, you know, and I want to live my dreams. So I, I don't, like, again, I don't make it complicated. It's just... A simple process of living and being happy, if that makes sense. Absolutely. So how does your art affect your spiritual evolution or how has your spiritual evolution affected your art? I think they've gone hand in hand. Like I said before, um, it's an expression of the spiritual side of me. So as I grow with one, it helps the other. The other helps this. And it's, it's like a volleying back and forth, just like my singing and acting have been. People ask, which one would you do? And I, I do both of them. When I'm not singing, I'm acting. When I'm not acting, I'm singing. You know, so it's, and, and they both are inter, you know, they're related. You know, I, I just look at it as you grow, you learn more, you want to know more. I'm not saying everybody is like that. I am like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think most artists are like that. If you're a sensitive artist, you want to know about life. You want to know about spirituality. You want to know what's there. What 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 means this? What does this mean? What you just want to know. And I do. I want to know. Well, and I think a lot of artists see meanings in things mm-hmm. that maybe other people don't, and that's why their art is powerful. I think sometimes we take that a little bit for granted because it's so natural to us. Mm-hmm. We don't really look at it that way. I I, I remember for a long time I, I said, well, everybody should think that way. Everybody doesn't think this way, and it's been very, very difficult for me to accept that. I, I, I'm, I'm analytical in a lot of ways. I have a biology, a biology degree and a chemistry minor, so I always wanted to be under a microscope, looking at a, through a microscope, just, just you know, all of that, and just examining life. You know, want to know answers. I used to read the encyclopedias when I was a kid. <laughs> I'm a geek. Okay. <laughs> I'm a nerd, but I, I did. That was how hey, I. Hey, there's got some pleasure. successful nerd shows out now. <laughs> yeah, really. I know, right? And and that was that excited me to be able to look in a dictionary and find something out. And I still do now. I I go and I research things just because I want to know. Yeah, and it makes us more sensitive, and it gives us a bigger arsenal of information that we can use when we are performing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you. I mentioned earlier that I connected with you initially through Twitter, mm-hmm. which was awesome. Yeah, you can go to MariaHowell.com. That's M-A-R-I-A-H-O-W-E-L-L.com. And you can even on my website, you can connect uh, through Facebook and Twitter, uh, the same. And uh, I, I'm one to say I email folks back. Yeah, I email you back. Yeah. So is the social media fun for you? It is, but it's not my life. 
It's, it doesn't, you know, I, I, I put the time into it that I am able to put into it. Because if I sat there all day doing that, I wouldn't get anything else done. Right. But I do devote time to do it because it is fun. It is, it's, um, it's uh, it, Brazil. I have to mention Brazil. Okay, how far do we reach here? It's, it's an internet-based show, so Brazil, everywhere. Brazil, I love you. <laughs> Brazil will be listening to this. Oh, my God. It's like everybody from Brazil, it's like everybody and their cousins in Brazil are like, we love you, we love you. And they are like the most pronounced. But I, um, I love reaching people around the world. I'm a world traveler in my head and hopefully uh, physically, you know, literally. Um, it's a beautiful thing to be able to touch with and get in touch with people networking, all kinds of things. There's a lady that has a, um, her daughters, her two young daughters wanted to create a business and they call it sugar babes. It's an organic or natural, um, sugar scrubs, soaps, lotions, and things like that. And she helped her daughters create a business. She reached out on Twitter as well. And so she wants to connect with me and we want to get together and do a little party for girls. Oh, you know, fun. That kind of thing. Yeah. You know, but it's just a matter of people asking, you yeah. know, I've helped people with their school reports, believe it or not, <laughs> <laughs> that have reached out on Twitter because people, I think they're amazed. And I take it again for granted that people do like to spend time and, and reply to people. I just call uh -huh. it good manners. Mm -hmm. If you, you ask me a question, I'm going to answer you, you know, to the best of my ability. And so, I mean, yeah, I've helped people do reports and they want to ask me you know, the interviews and stuff. I'm like, okay, no problem. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything to incriminate myself, but you know, you know, I don't mind. So what's one of your favorite places to, to be? You mentioned that you love to travel, and I know that you work in a lot of different places, mm -hmm. but what's one of your favorite places to either work or to, or to play? Today, Vancouver, Canada. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Life-changing. So what is it about Vancouver that's, that touches you so deeply? Well, I don't know about any other time of the year, but October's pretty cool. Um, it was, it's, it's just beautiful. I love water. Mm -hmm. I'm not the biggest swimmer or anything, and I don't scuba dive or anything like that, but I love water. It makes me feel close to God for sure. And to watch, to see mountains at the same time. Uh -huh. So, you know, that, that kind of thing is, is really serene for me. Yeah. Today, Vancouver. I don't know what tomorrow brings. <laughs> tomorrow might be Brazil. Might be. <laughs> you never know. You That's never right. Know. Yeah. I, I plan to travel quite a, a bit more, and I want to go to places like uh, Brazil. I've never been to Brazil. And I've always, always wanted to go. And Somebody to, needs to hire you and bring you down there. That's as simple as it, you, can, you know, if you're listening. <laughs> and you're making a movie in Brazil. We can do that. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to go to a lot of places. Yeah. yeah. So is there any character that you would like to play that you haven't had the opportunity to play yet? Wow. I've played a doctor. I've played a nurse. I've played a lawyer. I've played, uh, oh, God. I, you know... I've played a mom. I've played, you know, I, I, mm. I don't know if it's the role as it would be starring in the movie. Yeah. I don't know. Uh -huh. But if it had to, if it had to, teachers, I love to, I've played a teacher before, but I love playing teachers. Yeah. I love that. Well, teachers are so life transformational for yeah. so many people and people that they don't even know. My dad was a teacher and, really? and we still get messages from his students back in the fifties that, say he changed their lives. I still call my high school choir director yeah. and my college choir professor. I still do that just to, to let them know I appreciate what they've taught me. Mm -hmm. Well, I do that with my high school art teacher, yeah. too. So. Oh, yeah. 
That's awesome. Yeah. So Maria, tell our listeners again how they can get in touch with you. And then go right to my website, mariahowell.com. And so I won't you know, inundate you with all the different uh, tags and everything, but you go to my website. You can connect with me on Facebook. You can connect with me on Twitter. Now, let me give a little caveat. I can't accept any more friends on Facebook, <laughs> but you can go to my fan page, which is a side page to that and just send me messages all day long. Excellent. Yeah. So do you have any last thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners about how they might tap into their own creativity and how that can be an expression of their spirituality? Well, first of all, I always think of, think about who you are and what your passion is and your passion in my definition is something that will never, that just won't let you go. If it's something that, do what you love if, I'm not going to say if, because you can do it. I think anything mm-hmm. is possible. Um, it just may not be the way that you picture it. But first of all, know what your passion is. And if it's something that's really important to you, I say go for it. You know, just have a plan. Even if you don't have the fully developed plan, start with something. Start with a step and go forward. Because things somehow come to you. If you put it out there, it kind of comes to you. And and I always also say, connect the emotion with the experience. For example, if I wanted to be an actor, think about what it feels like to be that successful actor. The actor I imagine I wanted to be. And live it. That's it. Life's too short. And I love what you said, too, of you start the process, but... Don't get too stuck on exactly what it looks Mm-mm. like because Mm-mm. it might show up a different way. So many things have come into my life that I wanted that just didn't come in the package I had imagined. And I could have missed out right. on some wonderful experiences, you know, some of which are happening right now. You know, you never know. You never know. Well, that's fascinating. And thank <laughs> you so much for being with us today. You're and I'm more than welcome. I um, know our listeners are going to be looking for you in lots of different places now. I hope so. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you to our listeners. I welcome your suggestions and comments on this or any of our shows. You can find links to all of our shows on Empower Radio and on our website, artisworship.net. Please come share your stories of art as worship on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash art as worship. Appreciate you listening in today. May you have an inspired and creative week. Namaste. Namaste.